Hello, listeners. Jinx Monsoon here. And our guest today is none other than Bob the Drag Queen, a true friend and sister to me and many. We talk about the power of drag in small towns, what it's like being part of a thruple, and I shade her for having a completely empty house. Today on Hide Jinx. Forever. Dog. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by drag queen, comedian, podcaster, model, and troller of the youth on TikTok, Bob the Drag Queen. Hi, Bob. Hi, Jinx. You did it. I did it. We did it, Jinx. We did it. The listeners will not hear the the four outtakes that it took for me to finally get one usable one. Well, How luckily, doing, I've Bob? been recording all of your audio on my side as well, and I'll be releasing the unedited footage. Just go to BobTheDragQueen.com for all of Jinx's outtakes. Okay. We're already plugging. You know what? We'll give you time for that later. How you doing, Bob? I feel pretty good. I'm um I'm, I'm in my apartment right now. Um, and as I gotta you can say, see, wait, it's, say what? It's looking a little bare in there, yeah. Bob. <laughs> I do not. I don't have any furniture, as you can see. No furniture, no art on the walls. Just many no. white walls and a coach bag, <laughs> just propped up in the shot. Um, we're gonna add a video component just so that people can see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any furniture yet. I just we just got a bed, which is nice. <laughs> Because we we've had a mattress on the floor for a hot minute now. I just you know I just I moved to LA, and I just and I just moved into this place. Yeah, oh, wait, you had moved to LA in a different place, and now yeah. you just moved to this place. You know Zach Noy Towers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow him on uh, the the gram. <laughs> so Zach Noe and I were um, uh, I was I was living with Zach for like a year, renting a room uh-huh. for him. Then I moved there in September, and then I was looking, I was trying to buy a home. In the Los Angeles area, and while looking here in Los Angeles, I found this lovely place in Hollywood. Um, and I don't have furniture yet, but I have a home. So, <laughs> um, listeners can hear the the cavernous sound of your booming <laughs> voice <laughs> echoing through your empty place. Um, it's a it's a very it's an all encompassing, yeah. <laughs> visceral experience. Here. S- sorry about the echo, but you know what? Pretty soon, we'll, we'll, maybe I'll be back on hijinks later, and then I'll I'll be like, look at my couch. <laughs> Who knows? Also, by the way, you had Jared Goldstein on your uh, Instagram recently, and like, oh yeah, what a little hottie! It's like it's someone who's so hot that's kind of annoying. I think that's what he's going for you know nailed um, he's, it nailed he's always it. been very attractive but now he's also shredded um, yeah really and- gone through a whole uh quarantine transfer i mean i i know jared goldstein like more like we're, we're not like best buddies but we do know each other and jared goldstein works out every single day covered in honey mm-hmm. did you know that covered in honey i didn't know that was part he, of the routine he rubs honey all over his face and he works out Oh, Every day. Uh, all over his face. Okay. I know that's a beauty treatment. I thought you were talking about like coating himself head, head to, to toe. toe. Honey. Yeah, hip to hip. <laughs> the fire ants come and carve out his abs. Um, yeah, it's almost, it's it's funny because it's like, you know, um, when, when I've seen other people go on, um, let's call it a fitness journey, and, and they get shredded, then they're like, oh, I don't know. You know, I just felt like um, I'm working out. I guess I, he he's actively, like, parading his... <laughs> Body, body around, around. yeah, and and when people are like, this is this is getting like trolly, you know, like I feel like you're 
<laughs> wanting a reaction. He's like, oh, yes, I am. Yes, please, please look at my shredded body. Um, it feels like his hotness is like an attack on me. It feels like <laughs> it feels like he got hot so that I would feel fat. <laughs> I had that. I had a very similar conversation with him about that when I um, put my head on his body for April Fools, um, <laughs> and I said, you know, the body you have is like the body I always dreamed for myself, and I would do anything to get that body except for workout and exercise <laughs> and, and change my diet. So I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I would um, do anything to look like that. With that means I don't have to change anything that I'm doing. But Thing. I remember one time this guy was like, someone was like, oh my God, I have, I'd have to kill myself to get a body like yours. And the guy was like, I do kill myself. <laughs> that's that's the thing. That's the we whole all, thing. We all got to set our priorities in life, you know, and um, having a sh- shredded abdomen is not a high enough priority for me right now. There's a you know few what, other things on the list. <laughs> you know what it was for me when I was particularly skinny like when i was when i when i was like first starting drag i was pretty skinny but i also just don't remember being happier more successful i wasn't getting laid more i wasn't getting more work <laughs> like being skinnier didn't actually do anything for me like anything i concur you know when i was at my skinniest i didn't even see myself as skinny i remember still feeling like eh, this isn't this isn't you know, anything to write home about. <laughs> so now I look back on those skinny days and I'm like, oh, if only I knew to appreciate it while it was there. But I got to agree with you. And I, I actually do um, a bit in my um, shows about this is that um, when you celebrate your own body, when you love your own body and um, you're at peace with the body that you have, that's when you meet people who are into the body you have. You know? True. Very true. Um, I would you say, have, though, would you rail your younger self? Would you rail uh, I, college? I'd rail jinx? my current self. I'd rail <laughs> <laughs> I've always been curious, you know. <laughs> what everyone else is having. Like, what's it like for you? <laughs> um, what I will say is you know, I'm I'm curvier now than I once was, but I also um, have a certain amount of body confidence and a certain amount of love for myself that I don't think I had at one point. And and that's a double edged sword, because yeah. one time I did hook up with a guy and um, after the sex, uh, he was uh, saying something along the lines of, I'm really into you. I, I, I was so excited when you messaged me because this is the exact type of body I'm into. And I said, what type of body is that? Don't, don't ask questions. You don't want the I answer know, to, Jinx. I know, I know, but <laughs> it's worth it for the punchline. He grabbed one of my tits and said, you know, thickums. And um, <laughs> it was so, it wasn't that he called me thick. It was that he called me thickums. thickums. I don't like the I don't like the pet name for it. You know? <laughs> so here's the thing. So one time I was um I was hooking up with like a castmate <laughs> from a show, and we were like in bed together. Like we had done a few shows together, and we were like in bed, and, like kind of like oh my god, like I can't believe it's finally happening. And then I like I like like as we were like as they went to the bathroom, I like just opened up my grinder, and then I saw their profile, and it said. I love my thick boys. <laughs> but, then, but it was, I just saw it on the profile. I was just like, I love my thick boys. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess we're making an exception tonight. <laughs> I guess tonight we're just really veering out of what our, we normally are into. Okay. And then I, then I remember that they came back to bed and they were like, as we were like spooning, <laughs> They were like, like I've even I've always even though I am taller than most people, I've always been a little spoon. Even like little Jacob and Ezra like jetpacked me. Like I'm always little spoon. And as I'm laying there, their their arms were like going from here to, and then next thing I know, for like just rubbing my belly, just like rubbing my belly. And if you have a belly. And you're with someone who's into bellies. They just want to rub your belly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if you've experienced this. Dippers probably experienced this. If you have a <laughs> belly and you're with someone who likes bellies, they just want to rub your fucking belly. And I don't think people actually do this 
to people with hard butt. No one rubs abs. No one's in bed like rubbing your abs. But if you have a belly, they will just fucking pet your belly. I know. Dipper, can you my... write in the chat and tell me if you've ever experienced this? <laughs> just write it in the chat because I it, it's, it's new for me. Like my belly is like in my 30s. This belly is like a new thing for Dipper me. Dipper says yes. Dipper says yes. Yeah, they just want to rub. And no, I, I, maybe people rub like pecs if you're like a big peck guy. They'll rub pecs. I don't have pecs. I just have the, the little belly. But yeah, they really, they really want to rub that belly. Um. So enough about you and your past with Miss Cracker. Um, <laughs> it was not Miss Cracker. <laughs> I will say, whenever my husband puts his hand on my belly, I always grab it and move it up towards my rib cage, where he can feel bones if he if he feels like rubbing something. Rub the. And that's because you just have <laughs> some chicken bones in the bed from before. <laughs> Tape to your <laughs> ribs. <laughs> well, here's the thing too. I, so I have a I have a rule. Tell me you have yeah. this rule. I have a hard and fast rule. When someone is like working with me specifically in dancing or in costuming, if you're assisting me, you're zipping me into an outfit. You, there's no grunting. That Not- is that is a strict rule um, with me in my dressing rooms. Um, no if grunting. You're helping hoist up my my spanks, and I hear you go. <gasps> <laughs> That's like immediate expulsion. <laughs> like, 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 I don't like uh, no counting, no, no, like group going one, two, like no counting, no grunting. When you lift me, if you have to lift me on stage, bitch, when you put me down, you go, oh my god, wow, that was easy. You can push the button. That was easy. Like I hate when people like make noises. Even if even if it was hard. Even if you are sweating, you bullets. swallow it. Yeah, and you, and you just keep moving as if nothing happened. Grunt when you put me in an outfit. It's so rude. already well into this and I haven't asked a single question but that's what I love about you Bob you need very little provocation to <laughs> to get into it you mentioned your partners um, Ezra and Jacob you're very open about your polyamorous relationship um, how, how has that been received um, amongst your followers and fan base do you feel like people don't really give two shits do you feel like it gets criticized have you had to like um uh shut down some some puritanical haters <laughs> well a lot of people were just like couldn't be me and um some people are particularly uh bothered that jacob is white um <laughs> like people are like bob i was like i mean ezra is mexican and jacob is white so i have a, like a, a brown boyfriend and a white boyfriend um and there seem to be some people who have a problem that like jacob's white or that or that ezra isn't black i guess um which is which i'm like are we like is, it, is this hairspray like, like, like what is what is going on that we have to justify having interracial relationships in 2021 um but you know every once in a while i get people who kind of like or just like, it couldn't be me. It could not be mm-hmm. me, honey. But no one's really, like, got a real issue with me um, or with, with my uh, polyamory. There are people That's who just good. don't get it. Yeah, and when people say it couldn't be me, it's like, who's asking it to be you? you yeah, like you, weren't, you weren't invited. <laughs> you were not invited. That's, I, I think, I, I think some of this is just like, social media has created this idea that we all have to share our opinions constantly. You know, there used to be a time where it's like you would watch TV and you'd talk to the person next to you about it and you wouldn't go take to online to like shout your opinions into the void. So, this Oh my God, you're turning like, into one of those back in my days. Jinx, you've become a back in my day. Who I'm thought fine you- with that. That means I've survived a long time, you know? <laughs> we, we were working for day, a little bit. You would have your opinions <laughs> and keep them to yourself. <laughs> he didn't go to... You did TikTok and Stitch <laughs> every opinion. I also I don't want to sound shady because this is going to come out shady. But I mm-hmm. I always forget that I'm older than you. I do too. 
I mean, I just think of drag queens as a relative age. You know, we're all just kind of. Yeah, how old are you? I'm drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're not a super young drag queen, then you're one of the old ones. Yeah. You're you're either 21 or you're 100 and there's no in between. (laughs) Yeah, you're either Blair St. Clair or you're Hecklina and there's nothing in the middle ground. And I see this all the time because it's like Bianca Del Rio, not that old, but people talk about Bianca Del Rio. Have you ever seen a queen hosting and like introducing Bianca Del Rio or when she's on tour with a cast of queens and she hands the mic over to, um, let's say, Cameron Michaels and... (laughs) On loan from the Smithsonian. Please give it a four, Bianca Del Rio. Clap for her because she's dying soon. It's Bianca Del Rio. It's Bianca Del Rio. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Shady Pines, it's Bianca Del Rio. Age jokes about drag queens are so funny because it's like, what does the age of a drag queen really have to do with anything? We're all kind of just timeless, uh, eternal beings you know <laughs> we I mean, don't that being exist said, in any real time or space <laughs> that being said there are some drag queens who are just like either there are there are i will say there are drag queens who are either like babies or old and yeah. in the middle ground in my opinion when like once you cross like 27 between 28 and like 39 that's one age in drag <laughs> that's yeah. one age you know what I mean? And Absolutely. then like 40 to 60 is another age. And then they're 60 and older. Well, because then, uh, and I think the only real way to kind of age a drag queen, the only way to take a guess at her age is what she's wearing. And um, we've seen countless drag queens wearing clothes that I don't think were intended for their age group. <laughs> or if a RuPaul, here's another way to age a drag queen. If she says something along the lines of, I knew RuPaul back when she was at the pyramid. <laughs> if if a big part of you discrediting RuPaul is just saying that you knew her before she was famous, you're probably an old queen. <laughs> old queens love to be like, I knew RuPaul when she wasn't shit. <laughs> she thinks y'all that because she got millions and Emmys. You know what? She probably does. <laughs> she probably does think, I'm all that. I have like... 15 Emmys, and a multi-million dollar home. (laughs) You know what? I do think I'm all that, quite frankly. (laughs) Um, Of course, uh, it's hard not to just assume you're talking about Lady Bunny in all of these scenarios. (laughs) Um, My favorite Lady Bunny quote about RuPaul is, she said, girl, I went to visit Ru at the World of Wonder Studios, and she was skipping down the hall. I've never seen that bitch skip in my life. And I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? She was skipping, Jinx. She skipped to meet me. And I'm like, first of all, I don't believe that. I don't believe RuPaul in her suit came skipping down the hall. I mean, she literally pays the image of Jack Skellington coming down. (laughs) You know how Jack Skellington like like walks and like kind of... I feel like you work Jack Skellington into a lot of conversations. I don't think this is the first time you've. Well, it's a great visual. It's a, like like it is a great visual, and RuPaul out of drag is full on Jack Skellington. Full story. Well, I work Tim Burton. I, I mean, I often say that you I, with you, I, I always say you remind me of a Tim Burton character. You and your I, whole, you and your whole family. You're all that's Tim Burton by characters. design. You know. Oh, oh my God! What was, what was the thing you said? Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, when I last saw you, you were commenting on my my um army of twinks that I always seem to be surrounded by. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point I said you look like you were all drawn by the same illustrator. That's it. You were all drawn by the same illustrator. <laughs> it's like that someone got just got that together. one style. You're all drawn by the same illustrator, you know what I mean? Because that one guy, who's I mean the, the one person, what's their, what's their name? The, the, I mean, I would say the tall, skinny one, but it really does not narrow it down. The Rex, or the one who lives in the tiny house, they live in a tiny house behind Gray, you. Gray. One Gray, of my Gray, that's right. Gray, who just kind of looks like someone just took Kenny and just like moved a few <laughs> things around. Like, 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 it's like Kenny with a filter. <laughs> and I don't, it's not by design. It's not that I do this on purpose. It's just, um, we all met each other very young in life, and I've stayed very close friends with most of the friends that I made when I like first came out, and we've all kind of just uh, gone through life together, and I don't know. It's not like it was a prerequisite. 
<laughs> um, Jinx is like, well, thank, welcome to the house. You must now dye your hair jet black. <laughs> <laughs> also, all of your friends wear very skimpy bikinis. Um, are you looking at Instagram right now? I was trying to find Gray's Instagram so I can remember what they look like, but I can't remember what they look. I, I you just... know what they look like? They look like Kenny. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was trying to make sure. I was trying to make sure I wasn't crossing them up. But I remember being like, everybody was wearing. Also, last time I saw you was uh, Naomi was there too, and Naomi was wearing dental floss. I was like, this is vulgar. I was like, Meanwhile, Jesus you and I Christ. were in full caftans. <laughs> I was like, I had opera gloves on at the pool. (laughs) I was like, if I went live on Instagram right now, they would shut down my account. (laughs) Just so all know, what Naomi was wearing was like a, it it was like a speedo, but one of the sides had no fabric on it. It was just a a, a hook connect. It was like, um, it was hardware connecting, so you could see from her ankle all the, the skin all the way up to her armpit i was like i was like this is oh my god you know what twinks they get like two months a year to wear that clothing you gotta you gotta celebrate it i would um, never could you imagine <laughs> could you even imagine at my skinniest i never even liked at my skinniest i still liked being fully clothed at all times yeah i mean you and i dress very similarly like like it, it'll be like 90 degrees and we'll be covered from the ankles to the neck Showing just a little bit of face and wrist with a big witch hat being like, hey, everyone. Meanwhile, I think we I think we're holding up pretty well as the years ravage us. You know, there's something to be said for keeping yourself out of the sunlight. Um. Yeah, you hear that, Kenny? No, I'm good. <laughs> now, we all know you from Drag Race, but you also are working on a new show, which I just it's like two Wong Fu um for the new generation of drag um to Wong Fu in reality um you are on the show we're here with Shangela and Eureka now um I am hard pressed sometimes to watch new things about drag because it's what my whole life is focused around anyway so it's like when there's a new thing about drag to watch sometimes I'm like yeah 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 but I did, I sat down, I watched We're Here. All it took was one episode and I was hooked. I, I binged the whole first season. It's a really damn good show, Bob. Congratulations. Kudos. Thank you. It is amazing. Um, what is that experience like? We're Here's an HBO show. It's available on HBO Max. Um, and it is, imagine Queer Eye, but the stuff we're giving people isn't practical. Like, we're not, like, remodeling your home. <laughs> We're not giving you a wardrobe you can use. We're just having like human interactions with people in these towns and highlighting queer people. That's the other thing I'm really proud of. Like our show really highlights queer people in yeah. these communities. It's not one of those like queers come and fix up the straights and leave. <laughs> we get to highlight a lot of and I'm so proud of like the diversity in our casting and how we we people who are differently able, people of different races, different sizes. I'm just so proud of the the um the casting on on our show it's me shangela and eureka and i think the reason why the show works so wonderfully is because we don't work together the whole week <laughs> like it's not like <laughs> like on queer eye they all they all work on one person together mm-hmm. but me shangela and eureka we each have our own teams like shangela mm-hmm. eureka and i we each have our own individual teams and we work on people and then at the end of the week we just kind of do a show and tell um yeah. which i think is a big part of what actually makes a show successful imagine me shangela and eureka trying to come like with aesthetics and performance styles that are just so different and varied imagine (laughs) us trying to come together on a topic imagine us trying to pull a dragnificent (laughs) well what i really love about it is you come into a small town you meet people who are going through something in life um they y'all set a specific goal for your different teams of people and then it all culminates in a drag show at the end of the episode. And it's funny that a drag show seems to always be the solution to all these problems. But, um... <laughs> well, it's but a nice what... distraction from having to talk about the stuff oh, that yeah. we talk about. Like we go through all yeah. the, you know, these emotional things and we get to distract ourselves by doing some drag in the meantime. What I will say, and I know this is going to get some people on my ass, the musical theater nerds who can't get enough greatest showmen. Um, this is that... me. I've heard that This Is Me song just so many times. Every single drag show, I've seen it, um, you know, I've seen it portrayed all different ways. I've seen it, 
used in all different fashions. Never once has it ever like hit my core until Well, Keila Settle found dead. Keila Settle, (laughs) drag her, drag (laughs) Keila Settle. Um, it's no, the song's beautiful, but you know, it's one of those things where once it's been used so many times, the effect is lost, you know. And yet, when I watched it on We're Here, I I can't remember which episode one or two. It was Twin Falls, it was Twin, it was uh, Shangela's work with um, Brandon and McKenzie in Twin Falls, Idaho. Yes, (laughs) encyclopedic knowledge of your own body of work. Um, (laughs) um, it was used in the drag show to celebrate um, the wedding of of a queer couple, and kind of like celebrate them to to their community and to their families who might not necessarily already be on their side. And the way and the way it all came together in that number was the first time that song has ever made me cry. And so fuck you for causing genuine emotions within me. Um, it's well, really with the show, people watching there are like, oh my God, it was really emotional. I cry every episode. And I'm like, bitch, us too. But mm-hmm. it's not uh, an hour. It's nine days. In every episode city. is, yes, nine days. Days. Oh, wow. Gettysburg was 15 days. And now with COVID, we're actually attacking a little bit before and after for mm-hmm. quarantining. So it's like 12 days. So you you were yeah, you were emotional for an hour, bitch. It was <laughs> a week and a half of just being like, oh my God, this is so this is a, it, it's an emotional roller coaster. Um now what what's it like working with Shangela and Eureka? It's actually pretty great. I I to be honest, if I'm being fully honest, I thought it'd be more annoying than it is. <laughs> They they they've turned out to be quite lovely. We I, I've gained a lot of respect for them, more so than I had before. Because I'd actually worked with them both on music. I, I wrote a song for Eureka and I, and I did a, a Christmas song with Shangela. And we I've toured with them both, and I think they're both great. I mean, they're just great drag queens. But also being on this show, I've been able to just really see their growth and what they've the 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 people they've become outside of just drag, but like the compassion they have for the people. Eureka's super compassionate for the people. Yeah. Um, Shangela is is as well. I mean, one of the like you know, whenever people talk about Shangela is wild. I get it. I know the Duchess is wild. Um, the debutantes, excuse me, Alyssa's the Duchess. Shangela's the the debutantes, the debutante of the South. Um, but like Shangela is really tough. She does stuff like, for example, Shangela literally calls my mom every Mother's Day. Every single That's Mother's really Day, Shangela takes time out of her day to call my mom, and that is the the kind of person Shangela. Is. She's actually really not actually. She is really thoughtful. Yes. I, I think it, it shows in the show. Y- y'all seem genuinely interested in helping these people through whatever situation they're coming to you with. And um, um, what I what my hypothesis is, is, you know, when you, when you get us in a drag race setting or even in a tour <clears throat> setting, when it's like when you're on tour with a cast of girls it's like you're all working together, but you also want your number to be the best number, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. There's, there's the competition doesn't end with drag race. The cutthroatedness ends with drag race, but you know, we're Speak all for still, yourself. <laughs> we're all still <laughs> striving to be, you know, the the stars. Uh, you know, we're all wanting to have the best number and the best costume and the best look and everything. There's something. What I'll say is, it feels like there's an ease with the show. It feels like. There is no competition because here you are, you have your own show. You don't, you know, like you're not competing for a prize. You're not trying to win approval. You're trying to help out other people. And so it really does feel like um, y'all are a team with each other. There there seems to be genuine love, genuine respect um, between. Well, on top of that, we're three. not work. We're we're not. It's not just us. Like we're working. Yeah. We're also working with these. Well, we realize that it really is about these people. We're trying to make sure that each one of them has the best week possible. And sometimes we're working with people who have never even been on stage. Yeah. In their <laughs> life, people who have never worn a pair of heels in their life. So when when you're faced with a situation like that, ego goes out the door real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're just trying to like make sure this person has a great time and is really enjoying the experience. Now, for some people, having your own show on HBO would be enough, but not for Bob the Drag Queen. You you literally do everything. You, you've you got your YouTube, you've got podcasts, you've got Patreon, um, you hustle. Um, but I have to imagine, you know, is this a is this a thing about New York queens? Y'all are just like 
every New York queen seems like a type A personality who can't just do one thing. She's got to do like 18 things and she's got to go from one gig to the next. Um, Is it a New York thing or is it just your personal philosophy? You got to make sure you're hitting every single angle. (laughs) Well, I don't even know what it is because there is a a part of the New Yorkness in me that does that because I also have that. I have Black Queer Town Hall as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And also me and Monet's Patreon, I don't know, like something happened happened and it went bananas like it really <laughs> went completely bananas at one point me and um me and monet were um we had like i think at the beginning of quarantine we had like 1500 patrons mm-hmm. and this month we passed twenty thousand. it got wow wild it, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over here like I have 180 and we're doing great over at my Patreon thank you very much well you are doing great and I am a patron of you I'm, I'm one of those people by the way uh, Sibling Rivalry is one of those groups uh, one of the people in your Patreon but it's like there also was, was a moment where some of our controversy because Monet and I have ended up in a little bit of controversy a few times <laughs> this year and I think being in that controversy has um added to our people were just like some folks were just there being like what's going on and they showed me like oh wow that's actually a really a really fun patreon yeah. oh it's actually really fun yeah, it's actually <laughs> nice here uh, <laughs> i i do watch a lot of your youtube videos as well i think a favorite is watching you do other people's makeup on yourself oh yeah um, it's madness uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun you just get so frustrated so quickly <laughs> That is when you're trying something new, you're like, what the fuck is going on? What even is happening? Why is this so hard? Like, I feel what, like what kind of madness? Who does their <laughs> eyebrow before they do their who's doing foundation before? Like, what is going on? Why would you do this? Why would you put a sharpie on your face? <laughs> I feel like you and I are very similar. Um, tell me to fuck off if I'm incorrect, but you and I, I think we're both gorgeous, but our emphasis is on the performance. You know, we, I, I have to assume you got into drag as another avenue to perform. You know, you're not yeah. um, just a drag queen. You're a comedian. You're a, a, an actor. You do brilliant acting work. Um, you were on uh, Tales of the City. Um, you got the role me and Varla were up against you for. <laughs> well, actually, a, a couple other girls, I think Sasha Velour also auditioned for it. A couple of girls were like, oh, I auditioned for that. Or they're like, I remember calling girl and they're like, oh, I'm headed to this audition for this for this thing and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um all all the ways in which you perform, you are, you know, just very you're just a very skilled, talented person. And when you're putting that much emphasis on the performance, it's I for me at least, it's like I've got my face down. I know how to do my one face. I'll change the colors of my eyelids up sometimes, but otherwise you're gonna get the Jinx Monsoon stamped face. Yeah, the Jinx and, special. <laughs> and um when it comes to fashion, it's like I know the silhouettes I like and I stick to them. Um is it, it it has that like how much emphasis do you worry about like the fashion aspect of drag? Neither of us were like commended highly for our yeah. Runway I mean, looks. I want to I want to look nice, but I'm not I'm not as obsessed as some people are. Like I will say this: I was at our place in your <laughs> lovely town, and yeah, Seattle, in, in Seattle, one of my and, hometowns. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this guy came up to me. He goes, "You know what I love about you?" And I was like, "What?" Look at my face. Like, huh? What is it? Smiling. He goes, he goes, you don't care how you look. I was like, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? You just don't care. Like, you just like, I was like, that's that's not true. I'm trying my best. And I genuinely think I'm really pretty. Um, You are. And that's the thing, though. I think in drag and with drag following, sometimes all it is is like when a queen says I'm this, 
lots of people just take them at that at at their word, you know. So when you put your emphasis on fashion or makeup, you know, like that's what people are then going to focus on with you. And I think because your emphasis on is on performance, um, your emphasis is on um, acting and comedy, and uh, uh, not to say that you don't. Um, shablam, shablam, kitty cat, cat, cow. (laughs) I've seen you duck walk. Uh, (laughs) um, But it's, uh, for me at least, it's kind of, it's comforting to just lean into the look that I know works for me and and, and focus on the performance. So watching you do other people's makeup style, it is very much like, why, why would you do all of this to yourself? I think the crystal method um, makeup tutorial was one of my favorites. (laughs) And and, and I think for me, what it is, is there is a humor for me. it, It is performance based to try to do someone else's makeup. It's actually not about the makeup. It's about how silly it is for me to like try <laughs> to engage in this person's madness. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. And then you always do it too for you. You were in some makeup and then you were like, well, I'm in this makeup. Might as well do sing, sing all the continents, <laughs> sing all the countries from Animaniacs. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I kind of look like Yakko Warner in this makeup a little bit. I might as well go ahead and try to... Because I was trying to style the RuPaul wigs from Party City. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't typically style... I have not... I don't do a lot of wig styling. I don't yeah. do a lot of my own wig styling. But this day, I was like... I, I mean, but I can style a wig. It's like, mm-hmm. I can sew. I'm not the best. I'd rather pay someone to make me a nice outfit than just make something at the extent of my own skill set. <laughs> um, so I was like, let me get back in the, get my hands back in the mud and, <laughs> and style this wig. And to be honest, I actually think I kind of turned it out. Uh-huh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So you you've had a wonderful um you've had a wonderful career since season 8 of Drag Race um a career that some more insecure people might be jealous of um <laughs> I only wish you the best um <laughs> who are some of the who are the some of the celebrities that you um were uh, let's say gagged to meet and or work with I mean I guess I shouldn't start at the very top I mean I'll start with uh <laughs> Because so I mean you know Laura Linney, Elliot Page, Olympia Dukakis, um, um, Kathy and Jimmy, um, and of course the ultimate was Whoopi Goldberg. Like yeah. being, I mean I've never worked with Whoopi Goldberg has introduced me on stage several times, <laughs> and and I have been to some like events with Whoopi Goldberg as one of her guests, um, but we've never like been in a show together. Yeah. Um, but being able to work with Laura Linney, I mean, I had a, I mean, rest in peace. I had a scene with Dukakis. Yeah. And and I, let me tell you right now, I met her and she Dukakis. <laughs> <laughs> she be caucusing. Um, um, no, I, I mean, I had to, I got to do an acting scene with Olympia Dukakis. Like that was, I, I get to say that. That's, I mean, congratulations, kudos. Um I it, Steel Magnolias was a big um, a big movie in my household. So anyone in Steel Magnolias would mm-hmm. set all the women in my family uh, <laughs> crazy if I were to ever work with any of them. Still haven't, you know. <laughs> Seems like we're running out of time. But um. yeah, yeah. Who, who is in the cast? Of, let me see the the full cast of Steel you got, Magnolias. You got Dolly Parton, She's, Olivia Dukakis, okay. Shirley okay. MacLaine, um, Sally Field. Daryl Hannah, Julia Roberts. Okay, well, you know what? There's, there's most of them, almost all of them, are still with us. Yeah, I mean, but if we add that against the time it's going to take me to get to that level, <laughs> where I'm like auditioning against do- uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I did take one of those roles from you, and I apologize. No, um, <laughs> no I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I don't. I feel like you and Daryl Hannah are going to cross paths. Let me tell you now. I'm predicting this for myself. I'm telling you right now, there will be a movie where me and Leslie Jones are siblings and Whoopi Goldberg is going to play our mother. It's happening. I'm telling you that is going to happen. I the next, know. The next like Parent I know. Trap reboot. <laughs> <laughs> parent Trap, but everyone's in their 40s. <laughs> 
Exactly. I mean, Leslie Jones is a little older than I am. Um, and I think Leslie Jones is like 50. Let me see. How old is Leslie Jones? I'm Googling right now. Leslie Jones is 53. And I'm 30. I'll be 35 this year. So there is a there is a little bit of an age gap. I think what it was was, was our mother had a kid young and then she had a kid late, way late in life. And then that, we're, we're the kids. Yeah. Um, I will say Whoopi Goldberg is one of two people that when I saw her live in front of me, like in real time and space, feet away from me, I thought I was going to faint. She's amazing. (laughs) It's only happened twice. When I met Kristen Chenoweth the first time, I almost passed out. And I and I've never understood that how some people can faint when they like meet a celebrity. Um, I've I've been fortunate enough in my life to meet many people, many celebrities and and entertainers that I you know, admire and respect. But when I turned around and looked down and saw Kristen <laughs> Chenoweth, because <laughs> she's tiny. She's real small. She's small. All the blood left my head. I started seeing spots. I couldn't hear anything. I thought I was going to pass out. There's something about, I, I think it really affects me when I meet someone who I lip synced to for years. You know, like yeah, when, when I, I met Kristen Chenoweth, she said, I met some weird, annoying <laughs> redhead. <laughs> Faggot, I think was what she said. <laughs> you no, you know, Kristen Chenoweth, actually, I, ha- oh, so, you know, I've trained in my life to be a singer and um, I've worked with lots of singers. And one thing I hate that singers do is when they refer to their voice as their instrument, it's whatever. If that's how you. Oh, does Kristen call voice, it her, inst- her instrument? Let me get to it because I've always hated it when hated it when singers call it their instrument or their gift. But when Kristen Chenoweth said to me, "Chinks, I think you have a beautiful gift, and I just hope you know you know, you see it as a gift and you always protect your instrument," and I looked her dead in the eyes and I was like. I will, Kristen Chenoweth. I'll protect my <laughs> instrument. I'll protect my gift. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know? I watched her take done one sip of a beer and then set it down and walk away from it. I thought that is like, the, <laughs> that's gold. It's like, she's like, oh, goals. thank you for this beer. You know, because it, um, it was in a bar in Ireland that I met her and someone got what? her a pint. That's so ran- random. Yeah. And it was a drag bar in Ireland. She had been performing at a college. Us queens had been doing the tour and in the dressing room with all the local Irish drag queens, all the drag race girls on tour, and then Kristen Chenoweth. And someone brought her a pint of beer and they were like, this is, this is like our famous beer. This is the beer that everyone comes here to drink. And she goes, oh, thank you. And takes one tiny sip and then set it down and walked away. And I just thought that was so cool for some reason. (laughs) Can I tell you my Kristen Chenoweth story? Absolutely. So I was booked to do the, uh, Kathy and Jimmy was being honored by the um, gay men's health crisis. And they were like, Kathy and Jimmy's amazing. And they were like, it's going to be the roast of Kathy and Jimmy. (laughs) So Bob, we would love to have you do the roast of Kathy and Jimmy. It'll be great. Everyone's going to love it. I said, super, of course. I'm happy to be there. So I get ready to go do the roast. I'm going to repeat that. The roast of (laughs) Kathy and Jimmy. The day before, not that I think the day of, they were like, um, okay, change of plans. It is no longer a roast. Um, so we need you to come and Throw do something out all else. Those jokes you have been And I was like, what they're, I was, they were, yeah, they were like, no, you need to do something else, like a number or something. I said, I don't have a number to, to do that. That would be, okay, I'll figure something out. And I got there and I said, you know what? Honestly, I'm still going to do the roast. I don't care. I wrote these jokes. I'm just going to tell them. I'm going to tell them the full story. So I just get on stage at uh, Joe's Pub, and I just tell a bunch of mean jokes about Kathy and Jimmy (laughs) and Kristen Chenoweth, who's also there. And I was like, so my meeting Kristen Chenoweth was just me roasting her at a roast that was not a roast. And then we took a picture together, and I can't find the picture. I must have taken it off my off my Instagram or something. But the the picture is great because it is um. <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth is in the frame, but my face is cut <laughs> off right, like right at the nose. So I can see the bottom of my mouth, but Kristen Chenoweth is like perfectly in frame. It I I I'll never I'll never fully understand how I almost fainted. Um, what I was gonna say. Um, 
a little bit ago was that there's something about meeting someone who you've lip synced to, you know, um, uh, the wicked soundtrack popular was one of my, my go-to lip sync songs back in the day. And, um, same thing. I, I, I got to meet Kristen Ebersol, uh, Christine Ebersol in, um, Provincetown once. And it was so surreal for me because, you know, she played little Edie on Broadway and I used to lip sync to those numbers before I, you know, started singing them live myself. And there's just something about meeting someone you've lip synced to before. There's like a personal connection there. That's only a one way street, you know, <laughs> like yeah, it's for not sure. like they give a shit. I remember that when I, <laughs> Um, when I was working with Kristen Johnson once, I was like, this is so crazy. I was just watching Third Rock from the Sun. And she goes, crazy for you, maybe. (laughs) I was like, like, you're right. There's no reason for me to expect you to have any kind of connection to that. Um, So yeah, this means practically nothing to me. You are nothing. um, (laughs) You said roast. And of course it's triggered one of my, my favorite memories. Um, I what is this? You, what is it? What is like it? Sharing it. I'm gonna give you the chance to share oh, it before I tell that it myself. Fucking story. <laughs> oh my god. It's truly amazing, Bob, because you it was it was meta. It was meta and it was surreal and it was like a mushroom trip and it was it was really fantastic. We don't have to tell the story, but now I've brought no, it we up. Can and tell, the listeners we can are tell the- be upset. <laughs> I guess there's I guess there's no editing. No 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 editing. We were in Atlanta, Georgia, which is my hometown. One of your hometowns. One of my hometowns. <laughs> um and yeah, as you get older, you do collect hometowns. Yeah, I'm from yeah, New yeah. York and I'm from Atlanta. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Same with me in Portland and Seattle. So they're so different. <laughs> ex- exactly. <laughs> um, so we were in. This is how I remember the story happening. Mm-hmm. First of all, anyone who knows me knows that I'm, I'm going to I'm going to spoil the end of the story. I have a notoriously small bladder. <laughs> I pee like six, six times a day. And I pee for like like three seconds at a time. Like you know, I, there are I'm not sure six where is a high number. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I, how I, much I, one is supposed to be. I mean, let me, let me see. How many times a day should we'll have we'll have Dipper look that up. We'll have the information for you by the end of the episode. <laughs> I guess six to seven. Well, I, well, the answer is I pee more than most people. Whatever I pee a lot. Okay, and people are always seem to be alarmed at how often I'm going to the bathroom. So I get up on stage. If you're ever been to a row. The way the roast is, is you spend the entire stage on the show. It's not like a regular drag show where you go up one at a time. Everyone's on stage the entire show. So during the break, I remember like changing into, I had this gown that I, that I used to getting, get this gown. It was one of your hometowns. You were getting into a gorgeous mm-hmm. beaded gown. It took the entire intermission. Right? <laughs> so I so I get into this, it's like a very heavy beaded gown and I put it on because I do this we were all, where I one, go up two, and I- three, huh? <laughs> It took every every cast member took a yes. took a square all inch the, of this. All dress. the king's horses and all the king's men <laughs> to put Humpty in her gown again. So I, I get up there, I get up there and do this bit where I go, something like people make fun of my fashion. And I go, if my fashion's so bad, why did I waste my time putting on this? Yeah. This is all the bit from the show. <laughs> uh, by the way, the two quotes that follow me around from season eight of Drag Race are, why do I waste my putting on this? And people also go to me going, I saw the tights and they were ripped. That's that, that's uh, that's Mariah's quote. <laughs> that is the but did you say it was it about me? Did you say it about me? Oh my gosh. No, I saw the tights you and said they were ripped. It. But that's not I uh, that's not even me. It's me quoting I know, but Mariah. You, but you said it after I left the photo shoot it's with the possible. winners. It's possible. You know, I was drinking then. Well, don't hold me. Don't hold me. The up camera the zooms in and past. you go and you go, I saw the tights and they were ripped. That like, could have been about I, anyone, Bob. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I um so I'm, I'm up there and like as soon as the show started, I'm like, I have to pee. I really need to pee, but I can't leave in the middle of someone's set. Like my options were leaving in the middle because I was I was the, I was the closing um, mm-hmm. act. So I was like, I can't leave. It would be so rude to leave during someone's set, and also it'd be awkward if they like make jokes about me and I'm not sitting there. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna be a trooper. I'm just, but also, when you're sitting, having to pee is just not the same. Like it's just like it just 
it hit different. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm, I'm fine. Then as soon as I stood up to do my set, by the way, it is now the end of the show. It is, it is two and a half hours later. <laughs> I have had to pee the entire time. <laughs> I stand up to go do my bit. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh my God, I, have to, I really have to pee. It got to so bad. I was like, I'm going to try to do a part of my set sitting down because I have to pee so badly. I can't even stand up. So I go and I sit down in my seat and try to do stand up from the, but it was not working. So <laughs> then I was stand like, stand up sitting down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just let out a little bit of the pee. <laughs> the smallest amount to relieve the pressure. And then I'll be able to do my set. Wait, well, if you know how pee works, that's not how this <laughs> works. I opened up the floodgates and the river ran through. And I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe it'll get caught in my tights and my hip pads. Mm -hmm. Well, as you all know, hip pads are on your hips. And that's not where a dick is. (laughs) That's not where a dick is. So I'm pissing myself and like, I'm in front of a lectern. But my gown perfectly touches the yeah, floor. Yes. So I've actually kind of collected this little reservoir it, it pulled of this. It pulled up. In my gown. But then you, um, if I move ever so slightly, all of the piss starts flooding. <laughs> and the stage was actually raked in the opposite. As it went downstage, the stage actually went up ever so slightly. And I only know this because the piss started rolling back. <laughs> if you drop marbles, they would all go upstage. So the piss starts rolling back. I, but by the way, I once I piss myself, I'm I'm hilarious. The yeah. jokes are just flying. You like, got bang, through the whole bang, set. Bang. You 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 delivered just as well as when you're not pissing yourself. What I will say, <laughs> the the things of the story that are magical for me is end of the show. You turn around and you face everyone on my side of the stage and you go, I just peed. I just, and we're not fully understanding what we haven't seen yet that you've fully pissed yourself. And you said, I just peed. I just peed. And we're all like, yeah, girl, you peed all over that stage. We're all trying to, we're giving you snaps. And we're then all I like, look at, yeah, and then I look at Latrice and I go, no, girl. And I point down. <laughs> then Latrice looks at the ground, sees the puddle of piss, and she goes, girl. <laughs> and then Alaska's is like, oh my God. So and everyone is caught on. <laughs> Everyone's caught on except Jinx, except Ginger Minge. Ginger Minge is the one queen who didn't catch on that. I, so I never sat back down. I was trying to hide the puddle of piss because I was embarrassed because I was in my home. My friends from college, my family were all there. So I'm like, I'm just going to stand in front of and, and Ginger's like, girl, come sit back down, girl. Why are you standing up there? Girl, move. You're hiding something? Come on, sit down, girl. I remember then you, you, you know, scuttled off stage your beautiful beaded gown <laughs> that you wore to show off dragged the piss with you <laughs> across the stage, leaving snail a snail trail. trail. Style. Yep. And then, um, and then, as the audience flooded the stage at the end of the show to, like, you know, shake our hands and stuff like they do at the end of the show, Cynthia Lee Fontaine and I ran in front of the puddle and tried our best to, like, use our skirts of our dresses to hide the puzzle- puddle before fans could start snapping pics of it. And, you know, for for tit for tat, I will tell you a story of when I pissed myself. It's nowhere near as exciting, but I was, it was Halloween. You were like, I was sitting on a toilet. I wasn't wearing any underwear. It went straight into the bowl. It was so embarrassing. It was Halloween. I was dressed as Sarah Sanderson, which involves, you know, a, a, a corset over my skirt. I get home. Everyone else is asleep. I'm drunk i need to pee and i cannot get out of this corset by myself but also i'm not going to wake anyone up to get me out of corset that would just cause a fight so i'm trying i'm struggling i'm trying my best and i can't take off the skirt i can't take off anything until the corset comes off and the corset is over everything else i'm standing in front of the toilet ready to pee as soon as i can gain access to my penis it never happened i start wetting myself just like you described, it goes all down the center of my legs, yep. fills up the boots I was wearing. <laughs> so, you, so are you saying you were, you were pissing boots? <laughs> and then somehow the corset came off like a snap after that. Like as if the pee was the reason the corset couldn't come off. So it happens to everyone, mama. Um, <laughs> Do you know that, um, I don't know if you knew this or not. <laughs> Two girls have pissed themselves on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. I did not know that. 
two girls have pissed themselves during deliberations on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you have any clue who they are? No. Um, but I'm going to need to get them as guests. <laughs> well, one of them was Monet Exchange, who fully <laughs> pissed herself during deliberation. And the other one was Pheromone. <gasps> I don't know why that surprised me so much, but that was not a name I was expecting to hear there. Yeah. You're like, of course, of course Monet is full of piss. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, I was like, I was kind of expecting, you know, like, if, you, if anyone's going to know Monet's secrets, it's you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have to piss right now. I need to piss this second. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing that story. I know it took a lot of um, bravery. I, I, I know it took a lot of courage from you. Um, Big Dipper says that most people urinate between six and eight times a day. But if you're drinking plenty of water, it's not abnormal to go as many as 10 times a day. Famously, Bob the Drag Queen pees between 12 and 16 times a day. <laughs> I, pee a lot. I pee a lot. There are times where I will literally pee like in one hour, three times. Oh, yeah. I think of this one line um, from, oh my God, it's so stupid that I'm bringing this up, but I think of this one line from the show, Everybody Loves Raymond. It's this episode where they're all commenting on how old they've gotten, and then Ray says, can you believe this? I have to pee again. And I think of that, anytime I have to pee twice in an hour, I'm like, I'm getting old, my prostate is starting to revolt against me, and here I am, (laughs) can you believe this, I have to pee Well, you've been punishing their prostate (laughs) for so long. Can I just say out loud, too, I I know we've talked about this before, but your hair is bananas. What? I cannot believe. (laughs) It's not that. It's how much hair there is. Well, mm. you know, you were the first person I ever talked to about my hair transplant. It was on I your broke the podcast. Story. Ages I broke ago. the story. Yeah, and it was it was after I had recuperated quite a bit from it. It's um, it's a it's an interesting recuperation process when you get a hair transplant. What they I call it moving some things from the garage back into the foyer because they use <laughs> your own hair follicles from the back of your head to rebuild your hairline. It's all your own hair and. Once they are moved there, they grow naturally. But what has to happen first... If they wanted the thickest hair, they should have gotten it from your shoulders. (laughs) Okay, get in line. (laughs) Willem's been making that joke for years. Um, What happens is they transplant the hair from the back of your head to the front of your head. And the follicles have to first, like, heal and, like, be accepted into that part of your head. Then the hair... You are one of us. (laughs) The hair grows a little bit, you know, because it's growing out of the follicle that's been uh, transplanted. But then all of that hair falls out. So once you've had this hair transplant and you're like so excited to see your hairline, you know, looking like how you remember it once more, then all that hair falls out. And then you have to wait for it to grow back in naturally from the follicle. And it's, it's really jarring to like have the process done and then watch all that hair fall out and then just cross your fingers that it actually like took and is going to grow back in. But I got to say, you know, it was a life changer for me. I knew before I got any other work done, I wanted to rebuild my hairline because when you are a trans femme person with a receding hairline, it really fucks with you, you know? Yeah, I mean, but you have, your hair is like, it is, it is quite remarkable how oh, much hair you. you have. It well, is. thank you. Thank you, Dr. Is Nevin. Wild. <laughs> Like, honestly, he should give you some money back because do people ask you, do you recommend, like, are people like, who did this? No, no one's ever really asked me too many questions, but I've got loads of compliments on it. So thank you. Definitely worth it. Um, I think it's because you didn't really advertise how um, I, I tried how much my best. it was before. I, I tried my best to hide it. You know, I, I, I've always been a hat person. But then there's some devin, uh, there's definitely some cursed images on the Internet. There's this one. It was actually the photo that made me decide to get the transplant. There is a photo of me and Benda Creme and Peaches Christ out for our Peaches Christ, who is both of our drag mom. Um, we are out <laughs> for our annual lobster dinner in Providence. Oh, and you, and you have the bib on. I have the bib on. And I had really put some stock into my image that night I thought I looked so cute and then this picture comes out three little hairs Homer Simpson pushed to either side pinned up like um, Betty Davis (laughs) 
<laughs> towards the end of her life. Um, and I'm wearing a lobster bib and my posture's terrible. I'm like turtling into my own neck. It's a cursed image. And that, I re- that listen, was- <laughs> let's just say that that image is famous. And I've seen it too. And you, you look, let me just say you look great. You, I, every time I see this, I'm, I'm marveling. This is <laughs> as someone who I, I think I'm I think I'm too far gone. <laughs> I think I have definitely not um I didn't get there in time. I am bald bald. But bald but, works for you and bald is beautiful. But to see a sister who has made it to the other side, I'm very proud of you. I'm um, very happy for you. We have reached the end of our conversation, but not until uh, we are not done until I get to ask you my compulsory questions. First of all, being who is your celebrity crush? I know you already got two boyfriends, but if, <laughs> if you um, if you were to bring in a fourth, um, no, who's your celebrity crush? The only straight celebrity I've ever had a crush on is Wiz Khalifa. Who He's, said who said anything about straight? It can be anyone. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying out loud. I, I like the way Wiz Khalifa. Like he's just hot, mm-hmm. but. Because he's straight, it's a little gross to me. But Wiz Khalifa is just very, very, very sexy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Ezra Miller is beautiful. Ezra Miller. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take. I'll steal that one as my answer today. Uh, I have an, a different answer every week because um, Mama's a slut. But Ezra Miller is just one of those like how. How did this happen? How did this... <laughs> Ezra Miller and Cody Fern fill the same kind of place in Not my mind. Not Google. Who, who's Cody Fern? Cody, Cody Fern was... Uh, uh, he was the devil on um, American Horror Story Apocalypse. And, oh. You, um, you have to see Wiz Khalifa. I don't know. Maybe it's not your type, but like... Dipper Wiz Khalifa is we'll very see. beautiful. <laughs> Just I'm so terrible pretty. with names, so I probably know who he is, but not by the name. But Ezra Miller and Cody Fern are these... You know, they are just kind of gender ambiguous. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm very into that as well. Like, look at this. Oh, wow. wow. I, I love a man covered in ink. And he just, something about him looks a little queer. Like, a little queer, right? Queer adjacent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes, he is very gorgeous. Ezra Miller's very gorgeous. Um, I, I encourage you to get into Cody Fern. Uh, Cody Fern will post a, a a hot picture on Instagram, and it's hilarious because every drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race are in the comments section saying some kind of thing. I'm like, <laughs> I, th- I think we're all vying for his attention at once. Is Cody Fern queer? I I. I don't even know the answer to that. I, I feel out like, him, uh, out him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if not queer, queer adjacent for sure. Um, what is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, oh my god! Do you know that he follows Naomi Smalls? <laughs> Cody Fern, don't even. Cody me- Fern follows <laughs> Naomi Smalls. Got Mick, Heidi in closet, Brooklyn Heights, Kim Chi, Violet Chashki, Gigi Good, Blair St. Clair, Detox. Valentina, Trixie Mattel, Vanessa Vanji, Plastic Tiara, like and Sasha Valore. Sounds like he got into Drag Race late. <laughs> <laughs> but look, what I love about Cody Fern, and it's similarly about Ezra Miller, is that these are these are um, you know uh, AMAB people who have moments on fashion runways and red carpets and choose to wear. Um, uh, gender androgynous clothing and chen- uh, choose to play with gender in a very big arena. And I think, you know, I'm just always here for that. I'm always here for a man wearing a skirt to to the red carpet. Um, I feel uh, so unhip for not knowing who that is. I'm oh, whatever. Watch some TV. Um, <laughs> Bob, it has been a joy, as always, to talk to you. Um, I will say it's it's always fun to talk to you. And I... I'm terrible at talking on the phone, but I can't get you to text me back. So if I need to reach you, I always have to call. And then we always end up having a 45 minute conversation, but it's always enjoyable. So (laughs) we have the best calls you and I I do. You're right. I'm terrible at answering texts, but I always tell folks, I always answer the phone. Even if I'm busy, I say, I can't talk. What's up? Yeah, but you have this tendency sometimes where, like, once in a blue moon, you'll text me, and then I'll be like, oh, my God, you're right, and text you back something, like, totally, like, carrying on the conversation, and then I don't hear from you again for a month. I'm like, I guess she just really wanted to say that one thing, and then she was done with me. Um, Why don't you tell my listeners all the different places they can follow you and find your work? 
You can go to BobTheDragQueen.com and, of course, go to Patreon.com slash Sibling Rivalry Podcast to join my favorite corner of the internet um, <laughs> where, honestly, I'm, I'm so proud of our Patreon. It is like, it's bananas over there. Um, so <laughs> you can always join us there. And um, you can watch We're Here on um, You can HBO, watch, uh, I, we, yes, you HBO can see us on Max. HBO. You can watch We're Here on HBO Max. You can, of course, see me on Netflix, Hotels of the City. You can see um, in my YouTube page, my Instagram. I mean, I, I'm, on, I'm on all the apps. I've, I've recently become quite a TikToker. But the thing is, on TikTok, I'm never in drag. I, I don't, not never, but I, I rarely do drag on my TikTok. So TikTok's become like my little playing ground for like, you know, not <laughs> taking things super seriously. <laughs> I still have yet to get into TikTok. I feel like I can barely manage all the social media apps that I have as it is. And to be real, anything I need to see on TikTok eventually makes its way to Instagram. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today, Bob. I love you. You are your sister. And I've known you longer than your daughter. Um, <laughs> and thanks so much for listening to the Hijinks podcast here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure you search for Hijinks on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram or Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more hijinks. Forever. To listen to hijinks ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Hijinks five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hijinks is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, produced by Big Dipper, editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.